This week's episode of One Shot is sponsored by Podcast Movement. Looking to start a podcast of your own? This year, Podcast Movement, the world's largest podcaster conference, will be in Chicago. Learn more at podcastmovement.com and use the code CPC to save $30 off registration. Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot, sponsored by Unbound. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. This week, we'll be exploring unknown depths in Ben Dutter's new game, The Belly of the Beast. Before we talk about that, I want to talk to you about this week's sponsor, Unbound. From the creator of Goblin Quest, One Last Job, and Drunken Bear Fighter comes Unbound, a new role-playing game with a mix of streamlined tactical combat and collaborative world-building. It allows the game master and players the chance to craft characters, the adventure, and the game world together at the same time through a series of directed prompts and leading questions tied to the powers and abilities that the players choose for their characters. At the time of this recording, Unbound is 75% funded with 17 days to go, and Grant Howitt, the brilliant designer behind Unbound, has a great history of funding projects and delivering. In fact, I got my copy of Goblin Quest quite recently. Follow the link in the show notes to back and get your copy of Unbound secured. Now that we're done talking about Unbound, let's talk about the Kickstarter project that we're featuring for this week's game. That's Belly of the Beast. Belly of the Beast takes low fantasy, slightly medieval role-playing, and asks the question, what if the world had been devoured by a gigantic, monstrous, slug-like worm, and humanity lived on inside the worm's hostile stomach? Granted, that's a very specific question to ask, but it's a question that Ben Dutter answered quite well in Belly of the Beast. Belly of the Beast feels like Mad Max and Conan the Barbarian had a baby that was raised by Heavy Metal Magazine without the sexism. If you're the sort of gamer who wants exploratory games that are lethal and nasty, but also story-driven, Belly of the Beast is right up your alley. It's going to appear on Kickstarter tomorrow, April 5th. So listen to the episode, see if you like it, and head out and back. You'll find a link to the Belly of the Beast Kickstarter in the show notes when things go live. Before we get to the episode, let's thank some of our backers on Patreon. Davis Burkett, thank you. Anthony Nomorosa. Thank you. John Donahue, thank you. Kevin Sylvester, thank you. Mishy Stellar, thank you so much. Alan Goodman. Bye. Adam Goodman. <laughs> Adam Goodmurphy, thank you so much. (laughs) You were very wrong. (laughs) Yeah, but what's the chances there isn't someone named Alan Goodman giving to us? Slim, I'd suspect. James Marshall, thank you. Thanks, James. Dominic Bowers Mason, thank you. Josh Payne, thank you. Mike McMullen, thank you. Phil Ulrich, thank you. Catherine D'Amato, that's my mom. Hi. Oh, I guess, thanks, mom. (laughs) Yeah, geez. Donald, thank you. Jason P. Hover, thank you. David Hutchinson, thank you. Blythe Marshall, thank you. The Mensch. Thank you, The Mensch. Gideon Jones, thank you, Gideon. Thanks once again to all of our backers on Patreon. What you do makes this show possible. And because of your support, we were able to reach our $4,800 goal, which unlocks the Second Watch podcast. That features Alex Roberts, Megan Dornbrock, and Jim McClure talking about gaming in a format very similar to the First Watch podcast. Both First Watch and Second Watch will be coming out this week. And with all those announcements out of the way, let's get to the show. 
All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. First up, a voice that should be familiar to everybody who listens to the One Shot Podcast Network. That is Jim McClure. Hey, James, how we doing? Jim, I'm so happy to have you on One Shot. It's, it's great. I, I decided to come and squat at your house for a weekend, and then you were like, hey, while you're here, you might as well talk into a microphone. You, to earn you your might, every time the, the microphones are live, you might as well get involved in the recording, because <laughs> that's happened so far every time this weekend. That's good times, good times. Uh, Jim, who are you going to be playing for us this week? I am going to be playing Sir Vincher. And Sir Vincher is the very first paladin, or at least he calls himself the very first paladin that has ever existed in the world. So he is, he's the very first one. He was, he was, uh, abandoned as a child at birth at some point after the swallowing. What, yeah. What's a, do we have a term? I don't I, like that term. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of different terms that, that go around. It depends on sort of which cultural niche you tend to fit into. Too. I've always heard it called the Big Gulp. The big... <laughs> I think it was the Big Gulp. I was abandoned as a child at some point after the Big Gulp. <laughs> so you grew up in the Evergut, which I, is what the interior of the beast is known I as. did. I grew up in the Evergut. And then when I was old enough to have my own kid, just as my father before me, I abandoned him. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm I'm moving forward into in, into trying to survive and trying to to bring my own sense of of morality and justice into this new world. That is an odd sense of morality and justice that starts with the abandonment of a child. But <laughs> hey, paladins. That's Paladin. great. What, what does what does servant chair look like? Um, does he have any distinctive or notable features? Do we have carblanche as far as armor and equipment aside from like? rare stuff like food and water yeah you can decide whatever you want for armor and equipment because it does not make that much of a difference in this game you can use the armor and equipment that you have to try and justify to me advantage dice that you might have in any given situation but apart from that no one thing to be aware of armor metal armor does not tend to last too terribly long down here because uh it rusts Mm. And what what I forgot to ask before? What time frame are we playing in? Uh, so I believe we have a Medici here. So it is. <laughs> this happened right before the Renaissance, <laughs> <laughs> which is a rough way for things to go. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, Sir Vacher. I'll figure out how to say my name at some point. Sir Vacher. He's a tall man. He has really poofy hair. He he hates it, as a matter of fact. He really wants to keep it under control, but just the humidity and the environment, it's just... It's just a mess, and he refuses to cut it because, of course, that's one of the the, the tenets of the first order of the paladins: um, is that you can never never cut any of your hair. So he he's got the big poofy hair. He tries to he really wants to have metal armor, so he keeps trying to cobble together pieces of it. Mm-hmm. And on some weeks, you know, doesn't look too bad. Some weeks he just has random like dishes attached to himself to try and keep keep the armor going. But he does have one prize sword that he 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 loves that thing and he looks after it more than well his own child. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not uncommon to have metal swords or things. Anything that you can wrap in sort of oiled leathers, like you can keep relatively safe until time comes to use it. So with that, let's move on to Phoebe Stonebreaker. Hello, <laughs> Phoebe. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me back. I'm we are so excited. happy to have you back. Phoebe, I want to know who you're playing this week. Oh, I am playing just right up my alley. I'm playing Sage Siron de Surgeon, uh, mm. because as you know, during the Middle Ages, many people's last names were their jobs, and I am a surgeon. That's really cool. So you must be from before uh, the big gulp. 
I mm. definitely, definitely am. I have been around. I have seen the sun before. Um, and so I am a little bit tanned, although I think I'm, I'm beginning to turn a bit green due to the new habitat. Uh, where did Sage learn medicinal practices? Well, it's kind of an offshoot of Oxford. You might call it Oxford Community College. Mm. Um, but of course, you know, public funding for schools was very minimal then. But I, I do come from a wealthy family. Okay. Well, I mean, you did come from a wealthy family before. Family bonds sort of deteriorated inside the Evergut. But what does uh, Sage look like? Any notable features for her? Um, yes, she absolutely looks like kind of your standard medieval college professor where um, long leather gowns made from animal hides, uh, pig hides to be specific, um, long silvery hair frequently tied back in a bun. Uh, but when it is down, it is covering her biggest secret, which is the child that lives on her back. Ooh. Um, Sometimes the child is rotated around in order to suckle on her nipple. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. She's uh, quite the nurturer. We did cut snickering. I want to. <laughs> I want the whole audience to be aware <laughs> that a room full of adult improvisers cannot help but snicker at the word suckle. <laughs> it's a a lot funny of words. <laughs> All right, Phoebe. Let's move on to a new voice to the one-shot audience, Eugene Horn. Hello. Hello, everybody. Eugene, Uh, did you want all three names on air? Is that the brand that you live by? I feel like that's it. Well, the brand is only because Facebook tricked me back in 05 or 06. Uh, Put your first middle and last name. And I was like, they'll hide my middle name. No, they they don't. Okay. Just making sure that you don't have like some sort of personal brand that you want. Okay. Jesus. So, Eugene, tell me about your character for oh, this week. Speaking of personal brands, uh, I'm playing Marty of the Med- Medici. I'm terrible at pronunciations. Hey, uh, I've heard it go, go Medici, Medici, or any other right. sort of emphasis on that. You'll hear five different ways today. Uh, but yeah, so I've, uh, Marty has spent, well, his entire life, 20, 28 or 29 so hog years mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the belly. Uh, he's never, he's, he doesn't really care much for the sun and all, uh, you know, whenever we can see it through the gaping maw of that beast. He likes the finer things, likes flowing mauve robes that have a lot of pockets to oh, store. Wow. I knew that you were a Medici, so you right, must right. have come from wealth on the surface. Uh, mm-hmm. but you said, you noted that you live by the mouth, which oh, is, yeah. that's where the Prime. most powerful people. So even in the Evergut, the Medici are strong schemers. Oh, of course. Of course. Where, where do you sit in the totem pole of the massive Medici line? Oh, still at the bottom. Still <laughs> at the bottom. Even like, even though he's Medici, just, you know, not that great. Hey, like, the oh. lowliest Medici is, is higher than the, the, the most powerful king. That's so. what Marty tells himself every <laughs> single night. <laughs> are there any notable features for Marty? Oh, like I said, just all the pockets. Nothing pockets. but pockets. Gotta Great. store everything. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, then we turn to uh, another voice that uh, you, people might be familiar with. Uh, John Mahoney from from the actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf episodes. Very popular. Is it? <laughs> oh, d- deeply. Good. Good. I ran through so many walls. It was so good. <laughs> I had such a blast. Thank you for having me back. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us. Uh, why don't you tell us about your character for this week? Sure. So this week I am playing uh, Dwayne the Stone Johnson, uh, naturally. Great. Uh, he's an alchemist. He's uh, probably like 30, 32 hogs old, uh, if I had to guess. Okay. Um, and he looks like Friar Tuck. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, got the hair that only grows around, like, the back ring 
you know, right. half ring uh, from ear to ear, nothing on top. Uh, big brown, like, cloaky thing uh, that has various herbs and uh, spices and minerals in, you know. How many herbs and spices? How many secret herbs and spices gonna, would you say? I'm not going to tell you. You're just going to have to discover them. Okay? <laughs> Dwayne the Stone Johnson is a man of illusion, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, basically he's he's spending his life trying to uh, eventually uh, figure out a way to turn the giant monster into uh, something else. Ooh, yeah, maybe a door, maybe just gas, you know, so it just is gone. <laughs> you know, he's 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 learning. He's learning. He's along like the way. he theorizes if it spends a couple million years dead and in the earth, it'll become a natural sort of fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and we could use to power an industrial revolution of sorts. <laughs> it's a thought that he has in his head. He knows it's a little crazy, <laughs> but you know, All he's right. a thinker. Well, you folks, as most people in the Evergut, are scavengers. Uh, there are, of course, uh, forts and uh, strongholds, different uh, clans and organizations that uh, hold seats of power, but most people live a nomadic lifestyle. And if you are not at the very pinnacle of power in the Evergut, you are one of those folks who roams around looking for resources. There's no money People don't really care about gold in the Evergut. All that matters is resources for survival. If you are a scavenger who has found something valuable, you can live, and that's all that matters. So we open on you guys in one of the further reaches of the Evergut. This is farther than most folks dare venture. Your past, where it stings your eyes and hurts to breathe. Most people leave these areas with lesions on their lungs, but you, you're experienced. You know how to make your way through the Evergut. Uh, I believe when I was describing things, Jim, you uh, were very uh, specifically concerned about how you procure water. And I think the reason that your character knows and cares about water is not that water is good for drinking, because it's really hard to find safe drinking water in here, but water is very good for neutralizing the acids that are in the air. You've made masks for yourselves that help you breathe in the harshest environments of the Evergut, and you've traveled this deep because in the deepest bowels, farthest down the Evergut, are the first civilizations that were devoured by the beast uh those are the richest and most plentiful areas for scavenge and salvage uh it's something that every scavenger dreams of and you are here in one of the massive offshoots uh cracking somewhere in the intestinal track the infinite intestinal track of this horrible monster in one craggy surface is an entire city secluded away from the prying eyes of most scavengers. It's dark here, lit only by uh, the small torches that you have and some bioluminescent bacteria that's in the creature. You have a rough map of this area, but uh, the city or civilization that you're looking at is basically completely unscavenged. Well, it was it was a good thing that the last party that we came across did involuntarily donate that water to us for the mask. And that was <laughs> a, a, a very very useful thing. And now we will continue, of course, our quest on on deeper. While while you all are excited about scavenging, and well, scavenging is a necessary say trait in this world. The way I look at it, the only way out of this beast, if we were to look at ourselves, if you put something in your mouth, there is only one way to eventually come out of it. 
And the only way to find that location is for us to continue to go deeper. Here, here. And I hope that we can pay it forward to someone else that we find and can give them some sort of thing. Not necessarily water, because we need that. But, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, we're not giving up water. No, yeah. absolutely not. No. Uh, no. But um, hopefully we can pay it forward somehow. Look a crow. And you do see uh, flitting about in the darkness of the Evergut against the bioluminescent background of the ceiling is a creature calling out um, with dark wings fluttering overhead. Wow. Bird sounds sick. <laughs> Uh, hmm. Can I do an awareness check for, uh, like, just general, like, how far are we from the this t- city, town? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can do an awareness check. I got a three hmm. for a C, so that is not a good enough. <laughs> so you do your awareness check. You've been a scavenger, but you've never been this deep before. Um, it's... Hard to really navigate uh, different areas of the gut. Uh, there are no real maps. Um, anything that uh, is discovered in the ever gut is kept as a closely guarded secret that people just remember. Uh, most scouting parties for weeks and weeks at a time painstakingly memorize paths through the ever gut because the only way they're going to get back to a place they understand or know is by remembering the way back. You are the exception. You're braver, younger, more hungry than the other people around you. You'd venture further, uh, trusting your instincts. Um, so you look around this place and the behaviors of the gut are unfamiliar to you. Even an advanced scavenger like you who knows to look at the pulses and count the pulses of the gut to sort of get some abstract vision of time or having trouble here just because it's not moving the way that you quite expect it to move uh there's so much new information here that it's hard to determine if anything's important at all okay looks good to me i think we just need to go for it you know it's it can't be a mirage right that's that's not a thing that exists i don't think it's a thing that exists nope nope have we seen any mirages Sage, mirages? Uh, in my dreams, do those count? Hmm. We've we've talked about this multiple, multiple times. Well, sometimes my dreams do come true. Do you have an example of that? I feel like in the last meeting we didn't, we, we, we could not find evidence. Yes. Uh, two weeks before I had a child, I had a dream I was pregnant. Didn't you have a belly, though? I was. I thought I was overweight. She's not wrong. I mean, she's technically That's right. Technically. She has us here. In the most ugh, slimmest of margins. Shall we trek onward? I mean, I would like to touch old stone again. Well, the question is, was it two weeks ago that you had the dream about mirages? Because if so, then I'm a little bit more concerned about this. Yes, two weeks ago I did have a dream about mirages, but it, it might, be mirage. might have been a mirage. Well, there's only way to find one way to find out. Oh, so, dreams could be mirages. But so, Dwayne. We go forward? We go forward. Serve a chair. Madachi. Oh, of course. Marty. Mar- Mar- Marty. Marty. <laughs> just call me Marty. Mr. Madachi. Thank you. The, the, in, in any of your experience, in any of your, your learned natures, do, do, do this, does this city seem familiar to you at all? Oh, not familiar at all, but that's, uh, that's why I like it. Any, any information you can glean from looking over it? All I can see is that it is right for the taking, uh, as as a man as a man of my background, I'm a. Whew, I cannot wait to get my little hands on all 
that is in there. Marty, uh, somewhere in the back of your greedy Italian mind, uh, <laughs> there's a little, little Medici boss, uh, talking to you. He's asking you if, uh, if you would do something to recognize the area. He wants you to try, Marty. Marty, you gotta try. I'm gonna try an awareness check. Okay. <laughs> Now, is there any reason uh, now this might not just be awareness this could Ooh. be your wits this could oh, be I'm your gonna cunning do, I'm going to oh. do cunning because I'm brilliant Ooh, a cunning Alright, well, is do, there any reason that you think you might have an advantage in this situation? I think simply because yeah, because uh, from the long history that Marty has Medici family mm-hmm. going passing down from generation to generation that is generational knowledge and you're, you're possessed by an old Italian man, right, too. Right, really. There's <laughs> devil's advocate sort of thing happening right yeah, now. Yeah, so take take one advantage dice. I will say I'm going to grant you this advantage dice because I believe the Medici family, the reason that they're still pop, uh, powerful and influential here is that they learn how to understand and relate to the other cultures that have mm-hmm. been swallowed up into the beast. Uh, so the most valuable thing your family has is information, and yes. you're taught from a very young age uh, – what different cultures are. So you might be able to recognize some of these cultural relics. Wonderful. wonderful. So let's do that. Mm-hmm. All right. We got a six. All right. There All you right. go. That That is one success on this. While it's not an overwhelming success, you do find that you recognize some things here. There are people that uh, have traded with the Medici before who are wealthy because they have been farming a particular type of vegetable that mm-hmm. actually matures into a very strong, flexible piece of wood. It's incredibly valuable in the Evergut uh, because it grows very easily in humid environments. And if you manage to get a couple areas near the mouth, that's all the sunlight you need to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And you recognize this strong, flexible, wooden-like vegetable all around you uh, in various states of decay. Uh, it doesn't survive the ravages of the Evergut very well, but uh, it is good if you treat it well. Um, and you see here a lot of uh, domiciles that are bound together with different reeds and foundationed around this wood. So I relay the information. We have a, we've got a uh, just an amazing crop on our hands, fellas. We have this is the resource that we have. We have literally resources that we're going to bring back to the mouth. Wow! And the crows are flying right towards it. Should we follow them? Could we follow them? Sir, a chair. Hmm. He looks off into the distance of whatever dark distance there is to look off of, runs his hand through his hair a little bit and contemplates. Are we about to become farmers? Uh, we'll, we'll pay the farmers. We'll pay the farmers. Last one, there's a rotten egg and I run off. Johnson. (laughs) So you're running. There's a lot of sand mixed with dirt in here and decayed wood and other, you know, biological properties that have succumbed to the ravages of the gut. So it's not quite a stable environment to be running about in. Uh, that said, you are an experienced scavenger. Uh-huh. Um, I am going to need from you a coordination roll. Okay, I'm going to do that. And I feel like I just have so much joy in my heart that <laughs> I'm taking wide strides and I'm going to have a better balance uh in general mm, i don't i don't see no advantage no advantage 
right. I think that's how strides work. Uh, is it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the wider your stride, the more stable you are. <laughs> the more you flail your arms about. Yes. All right. I Older have things. a. I succeeded. Okay, you succeeded. Um, so despite your recklessness, uh, you are sort of instinctually based on your hog pregnancies and hog pregnancies of experience <laughs> inside the gut as a scavenger, uh, hitting the right places. Um, and you managed to skip a lo- across a lot of the unstable areas of the gut. And then it happens. You step on a piece of uh, decay that just isn't quite as strong as the others. And it breaks through, sinking your leg into it. Thankfully, you're uninjured. Um, the rest of your party sees you stumble and fall. Um, but you hear a clink as your foot hits the bottom. You pull your foot out and uh, take your your uh, small torch, um, which is not a burning torch, but it's made out of uh, culturing some of the bioluminescent bacteria inside the gut. You lower the glowing orb inside, and you see a king's bounty. You see something that people would pay thousands upon thousands of grains for, something that could change your life forever. You see rows and rows of ceramic pots that have been sealed on top, knowing whatever resources inside them could be sold for a fortune or perhaps lived off of for dozens and dozens of hog pregnancies. Can I make just a mechanical note about this system that I think is the most genius thing in the world? And that is the fact that how old you are is your HP in this right, system. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty three HP. I love it. Uh, oh, oh my! Wow. Are you okay? There's a bounty. There's a bounty, bounty right here. Bounty, bounty. It's under us. Oh wow! We've done it. We've done it. We're set. What's it? I'm sorry. What's I'm it? confused. Yes. We're there. Five paces behind you. Five wide paces behind oh, you. Bound Let me just say this: you guys should be running with joy, like I am, because we. Have hit the jackpot, okay? There is so much plunder on us right now. I can't even, I can't even think about it. We need to get a wagon. Plunder under? Yeah, there's plunder under me. I'm above plunder. The plunder is under. Alright, let me, let me see this jackpot and I, I I pick you, I pick Dwayne, Dwayne up and I move him out of the way and I see the, the clay pots that are all around and I keep inspecting them and getting more and more frustrated. There's not Jack written on a single one of these. Uh, yeah, you do see markings written on these, but certainly not any language that you would recognize. And, you, you know, you're not exactly a reader. Uh, <laughs> not many people, like, I, I think probably uh, Sage would be the only person who could describe herself as a reader of anything at all. And uh, this language is not familiar to her. It must be one of the dead languages because there are very few symbols that have survived. How are these pots sealed? Uh, they are sealed by look, look, what looks like a waxy substance has uh, taken a ceramic lid and put it on the ceramic base. Mm. And how many pots? Dozens. More than you guys could carry alone. That's for certain. Well, we could put a few in your pockets and then... <laughs> a bounty Marty, of pockets. <laughs> we could put the bounty in your bounty of pockets and then find said wagon. I, I have seen one made of wood. Before, yeah, perhaps at a church or a hospital in this town. 
Yeah, we can definitely find a wagon. If not, we can build a wagon. I can build a wagon. Now, you do know you guys are farther from any piece of civilization that uh, anyone you know has ever been before. Uh, this means there's a bunch of unused wagons. Yeah. It's perfect. Can I, I uh, grab a pot. Can I can grab one and take it out. Right? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. I want to grab one and take it out, and I want to open it up. Okay. Oh, we're, okay, we're not discussing about the plague we're about no, to unleash. No, okay. I'm just All right. doing it. Just... I'm just doing it. Do so, need, yeah. Do you need a might roll? Uh, no, it doesn't take a might roll to crack the seal on one of these pots. You know, you take a dagger from your belt, uh, ring it around the wax seal, and then lift the lid. What hits you immediately is a strong smell of spice, stronger than any you've ever hit. It sort of singes the hairs on your nose, just mm. just looking at it. I just, I take a, a deep breath and, and just sigh very, uh, like, relaxed and, relaxed and in like a, an aromatic sense just yeah. <laughs> it causes your eyes to water a little bit like you want to you want to uh, you know cringe away from what you're smelling just a bit but it honestly does smell better than the acids of the gut you reach inside the pot and you pull out a very small thin dried plant can i roll to uh find out what it is yeah absolutely okay i have wits th- three to six so i would go with wits yeah mm-hmm. No! Mm. <laughs> oh, no! Well, you two. have studied many herbs uh, throughout your studies of medicine. Uh, you can recognize this is not a medicinal herb, or if it was was a medicinal herb, it's not one that you understand. I take out some things from like my sleeves, like mm-hmm. uh, some jars and uh, a little uh, <laughs> fire tools, little Bunsen burner essentially mm-hmm. thing, but not a Bunsen burner. Yeah, because you are an alchemist. That's yeah, right. and I'm going to uh, chop up the root and uh, mix it together with some other herbs, shake it around, boil it a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, try to determine what it is. Okay, so you're trying to determine at least some different properties of it. So you are succeeding at all simple alchemy yes, right i am okay um as an alchemist you he did choose to succeed at all s- simple alchemy tests what you find is this uh does not appear to be uh toxic as you know toxins to work with your rudimentary understanding of how toxins work the ph balance of this isn't very far off that's what you can determine simply with your alchemy mixings administrations what does happen to you as you chop it up or grind up any pieces with a mortar and pestle, uh, some of the the flakes of this dried vegetable get on your fingertips and they start to sting and burn. It's not severe. It's not something like like a stinging nettle or or poison ivy that's overly irritating, but it does feel warm and hot and stinging. And if you have any cuts or lesions on your skin, it burns. So it's very hard to tolerate. I lick my fingers clean. And as your tongue contacts contacts the powder for the first time, it burns an unimaginable amount. You start to sweat. Your eyes tear up. Your nose fills with mucus. It's so blindingly painful, you can't taste anything at all. Uh, It's not toxic. Are you alright, Dwayne? You're panting. Don't eat it. I could have told you that. (laughs) Well, we know for sure now. I do know a cure for a sore throat. If we fashion worm necklace, a live worm necklace, you may be able to 
handle the pain at the very least. All right, I'm going to power through at the moment and just see how far I get. Okay, I could you fashion like you a worm necklace. I prefer not to if I can avoid it. Worm stew, then? It's high in protein. Where are you finding all these worms? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll much rather eat a stew than have the necklace, personally, but... Again, I'm just going to power through. I just wanted you all to know that I've determined that this is not poisonous. We can eat it, but we don't want to. So we we have a mysterious spice that is not medicine, that is not poison, but yet does not taste very good. Right? Right. And we've had the bad omen of two crows. And two crows... Um, I jar up a bunch of this stuff. I've got a jar yeah. full now. Now, the, the, the other thing, the other sensation accompanying the experience of blinding agony that uh, accompanied it t- touching your tongue is a little bit of a euphoria afterward. It's almost a bit like feeling drunk. Okay. <laughs> Your, your senses aren't impaired or anything. It's just, it's one of those things where despite the pain and all of that, you actually There's feel kind of good. Yeah. Why are you smiling? What a time to be alive. What a time. We're not. <laughs> We're not a beast. <laughs> we use worm medicine, or uh, we use worm necklaces for treatment. Yeah, but I mean, everything could be worse. So it's all right. I can, you know. I don't, I don't know how many hog pregnancies you've been around. But. Oh, 30. It's been, uh, yeah, 30 hogs. 30 whole <laughs> hogs. Can I just say, I I don't say this enough, but I like you guys. Like, Aww, I, I like you guys. And I don't, I don't really know what this route is, but I say we leave it here and we come back for it. We should definitely come back for it. Mm, how long do supplies last being left somewhere, even in these deep reaches? Uh, well, it's fine. I put the wax ring back on and I lick it to try <laughs> to seal it. Just because you have a fire ton, that's not the same as reheating the wax. Look, science is about testing things. <laughs> With your tongue. I, I go hard in the paint. I'm sorry, what is paint? It's what I call science. <laughs> it's my, it's my own version. It's, personal to me is anyone here a carpenter can we fashion our own wagon if we can't find one i am very familiar with um creating my own tools Mm -hmm. and uh i am familiar with the way wood works because that is what i use to saw off legs so yeah i mean for bloodletting i I think we could i think we could all pull together and make a wagon do we want it do we want to make a wagon right now or do we want to hide it because technically the you know our, our plunder is under us right now we can just put you know something over it and what are you gonna lick back. it well i might i don't know we haven't talked about specifics i'm so glad you're not my child i don't have a child but if i did i would not want it to be you sage you just have the weirdest interjections sometimes <laughs> i don't get crow. it <laughs> well now it's not two crows anymore at least that's good odd numbers are always better Okay, so if if we if, if we go out of uh, out of the area, what what are our odds that we're going to have another party with another alchemist come randomly bumbling through here and put their foot through whatever was preventing this from being revealed? It all depends on how much joy is in their heart when they run. <laughs> odds of another plundering party coming down to these reaches, um, you know, not. We're one Not of the few first people yeah, to yeah, go. Yeah. This this is as deep as you've heard anybody ever go. 
The question is, like, this is a gut. This is not a stable environment. Will this be here tomorrow, in Mm. a few hours, in a few minutes? You don't know. Uh, what you do know is that it's here in front of you and it's, and you are deeper than you have ever been. Do all the pots have like the same markings on them? Like, does it, does it look like there's any difference? Like this one's hot peppers and the next one is sweet peppers. You haven't Mm. uh, pulled them all out yet. Man. But like looking in the hole though, if I look in the hole. Like looking in, it's, it's hard to distinguish. Uh, the markings on the pots are kind of elaborate. Mm. Um, you know, it's definitely not a language that you're familiar with. Uh, if you like being uh, the type of person that you are and growing up in the environment that you did, you might not recognize it as an, a, a language at all. It's just an interesting looking marking to you. But they all look to be about the same as far as I can tell. Yeah, you know, there, there are all these, you know, sealed pots that are about a foot high with some marking on them. Okay. They're well, definitely telling us something. I just, I only see floral arrangements really in the markings yeah so like sage you you definitely go like this is a language i don't understand the language that it is though it could have been a religious or uh political language but uh i couldn't say one or the other it's it's the, the the funding of the first order is what we have here and first and foremost we must secure it I say we get all the pots out of the ground. Uh, if Sage, if you are capable of building tools, what is a cart but a tool? <laughs> right? Excellent. Let us let us get these out. Let's see if they are all the same substance. Dwayne, get your tongue ready. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor man. And let's get this stuff secured. Okay. So we take out all 12 pots then? Yeah, so we begin the whatever so excavation. You're going to excavate. Uh, so... I am going to need a roll from one of you um, to handle this excavation. Uh, and I will allow you to justify to me what skill you want to use and why. Who's got the most might? Well, I was okay. going to say, I'm, I, I've got the brilliant in might because, yeah. yes. So, yes, I, I am going to, uh, t- to use my might. But before I get to doing that, uh, Sage, would it be possible for you to, to craft some sort of, Im- uh, some sort of digging device for me out of this wood to then give me said advantage to get the excavation mm. done. Absolutely. I studied Japanese spoon making when I was at <laughs> Oxford Community College. Where's, where's, what's Japan? It's <sighs> it's coming on Wednesday. I mean, I you think. might have met a Japanese person as the entire world was devoured, <laughs> but you know, at a certain point all cultures sort of like go together for you. It's like, who are you trading with? And they call themselves something different. Uh they would actually probably be referring to themselves as the Nipponese. Um, so you you don't even yeah. know. Oxford knows, though. Oxford knows. Sorry, books. So <laughs> <laughs> she shuts down yep. a lot of people. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so can I use wits to do this, or does it have to be like mouth? Mouth, um, might, mouth. <laughs> it's a mix of might and stealth. Mouth. <laughs> mouth. I, it's using your mouth to fashion things. It's metal that you want to fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <A> mouth. <laughs> oh, for that, yeah, I, I definitely say that there's probably a wits roll to Excellent. to construct some sort of digging device or uh, excavating device for All our. Right. I'm going to attempt to um, pull out the the woody thing from the roots. That's my uh, goal right now. I'm using it from its carrot leaves. Mm-hmm. Okay, four. There we go. So yeah, you you managed to uh, construct something uh, that uh, j- 
Jim, actually, really, it's Jim. it's a stick that uh, your character is able to lash the various roots onto. It's got wound leather rope uh, that she's mm-hmm. come up with, and you really have to tie the pots around it, and they'll all lift together. Thank you, Sage. This is a wonderful Japanese spoon. So with that, we will Rolling make our two. attempt. Yeah, there you go. And of course, I passed. No, we're good. One okay, success. yes, there we go. <laughs> so one success. Um, you you lift a you lift about twelve of these pots out of the ground. Um, because you chose to use might to accomplish this task instead of a more subtle or clever mm. approach. He really just looked at the pots that looked sturdiest and lashed them together and then heaved them up with everything that he had. Every bit of strength. Uh, there's, there are other probably salvageable pots there, but you know, he just tossed them aside because they didn't mean anything to him. But you did manage to get 12 jars out. A baker's dozen. <laughs> I, uh, I open up all of the jars individually. All right, so you break the seal on each jar. Um, most of them are these peppers. There are some ground-up uh, powdered spices in there, too. They taste a little bit different, um, but they are... Thank you for knowing that I put it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I, of course you put it in your I mouth. in my mouth. <laughs> um, Marty's just watching on horror. <laughs> but there's, they're still strong. You know, like, it's a very strong, overwhelming, overpowering flavor that, that blocks out, really, almost every other sense you have. Does this one give me buzz as well? It's, nothing gives you buzz so much as the deeply hot, uh, fiery one. Okay, so uh, it's just that, and then the the spices. Yeah, they're, 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 these are just assorted spices in jars. Okay, uh, I would like to do simple alchemy to uh, try to figure out what they are. If I can figure out what they are, yeah. I mean, it, go, going through the simple alchemy, all you, you manage to find the pH balance is not off. You know, it's it's not toxic as for what you know toxic is, but like that's really up in the air. Okay, so I uh, I do all of this like sciencey stuff, and I'm calculating everything, and then uh, I I start putting everything away, and then I take a bite out of one of the peppers. And again, overwhelming fire consumes your world. And I just I look at the the rest of the party. It's all. It's all safe to eat. (laughs) So we're good there. We should look for other things. But I'm taking some of it. I like you guys. Should we go? Was Was there any more plunder under? Oh, yeah. Let's see if there's any more plunder under. Okay, does somebody want to search? Uh, I feel like you should do that because you suggested it. Come on, Marty. All right, all right. Show us your awareness. My, ah, you don't want to see my awareness. <laughs> my awareness is rotten. Does anyone have good awareness? Like, I'm acceptable, but... Me too. Uh, I, I have capable, so I guess I will... Four. Boom! Yeah. Boom. All, right, all right, that's a success. Um, So you enter this area underneath. Um, You poke around. You see some of the pots that have been cast aside. Um, And you push back past those uh opening up a cavern into like sort of echoey hallways uh, it appears that you're inside something like you've found a structure that still has some of its uh 
some of its original form, even though it's been buried under a bunch of land and dirt and ravaged by. But acid. this is this is like stone or wood. Yeah. This isn't like uh, this isn't like the gut of the. Yeah, the definitely echoes off into a stony sort of uh, echo. Okay. Uh, I uh, pop my head out of the hole that we initially found. A gopher. Yeah, <laughs> just like a gopher. Guys, there's more down here. There's a tunnel. I can feel a draft. A, a, a draft? A draft. Like a, Like air, air moving by. It could be the beast's second hole. We the need beast's uh, second hole. We need to search. Oh, was I unclear when I said why we were continuing to go yeah. deeper? There's only one other direction out of this thing. We need to explore it. I mean, that's, that's the destiny of this party, by the way. Could you draw the beast's private parts for me? I'm I'm very interested in anatomy, and you seem to to know what the beast's nethers look like. And since I am a lady, I could not draw it. And please, please put it to scale. Please put a human next to the genitalia. Oh, fair, fair, certainly. So I grab the the, the, the Japanese spoon as I'm continuing to call it, and I start tracing out a line that I'm clearly just going to walk off into the distance. <laughs> right. Uh, Got it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, serve, serve a chair. Serve a chair. Are you not going to go and see what this draft is? Am I not going to complete this quest of art? Fair enough. I and I duck back in and I start to. Walk down. I would. I would like to use my influence to go into the cave to convince everyone to go into the cave. Ooh. Okay. PVP. That's fine. All right. Sure. I need a four or higher. Yep. Dang. So make make your plea, okay. being aware that you are going to fail. Okay. Friends, people of the gut, I am of the sunlight, and I have seen what few have been able to see. I have seen children laugh. I have seen mothers cry, and I truly believe that this is the path that leads to the anus. Y'all have never heard the word anus in your life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, anus. (laughs) I... It's like star anise, but it's anus. Uh... I'm inspired. (laughs) (laughs) I will give up this lifelong quest of sketching the penis of the beast. Or not. Who knows? One said the beast was male. (laughs) Exactly. We don't know. And as I had not finished drawing the lines yet, it's still not been determined. (laughs) But alas, you speak the truth. And if we can dive deep deep down, and find this anus of legend, then I feel that is our direction. She did fail. I know <laughs> that, but I was really convinced. He's convinced. I'm, and Medici is... You guys realize is, you're, you're searching for this one way, and we can still go through the mouth. My God. <laughs> Has anyone escaped out the mouth? Uh, we, we try. Oh, well, I do want to inform you that in the the tunnel, um, I heard that there was a boy band under there. I forgot to tell you, there's there's a bunch of minstrels, but all male. Merrymakers. <laughs> Merrymakers. So uh, that's also why I would like to go. I have a feeling that there's a boy band. <laughs> Seems like a boy band type tunnel. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I like how boy band is like, you're just saying that, but really you're saying minstrels. Like, there's going to be male minstrels. <laughs> male minstrels down there. I really thought that would sell you guys. You're all <laughs> looking at me. <laughs> no, no. You, like, there's only one direction to follow. <laughs> Easy. Oh, boom. I have a lifelong hatred of one direction that was 
born at Gen Con last year. It's a story for another Sir day. Sir Shane has that. Oh. Oh, yes, he does. Yes, he has. Sir Shane, he enjoys Gen Con. He's, Gen Con's he, a long-running thing. He, he's a fan. He's a fan. Um, yeah, that, that, that's in the upper intestine, I think. We have Gen Con at. Um, but, uh, but no, I have, I, I was, I was sold at Anus of Legend. I don't know about this boy band nonsense, but, uh, I am, I am jumping down in the hole now. Although right. she did fail, she did fail. <laughs> you oh, no, have I... to find a way to make her fail. Yeah, <laughs> well, she I'm failed. I'm just like, because... guys, we have we have. Medici's loads, not going. Loads of drunken spice here. My the, the flipping the, the alchemist over there has hopped out out of his mind. We can get this to the people. We can make bank. We can make bank. You're speaking craziness, Marty. Oh my goodness! Listen, we we, we have a, a sage that's hopped up on boy bands. We have a. <laughs> We, we we have a Johnson that's hopped up on uh on, on wonderful spices. We have me that's hopped up on anus. Clearly, no bad decisions can be made right now. This is obviously the proper direction. Uh, we gotta we gotta we gotta take a step back, guys. We gotta take a step back. I'm gonna try and influence you now with my whatever in the world I'm doing. Yeah. And I fail as well. <laughs> I'm surrounded. I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by idiots. No, you're surrounded by people hopped up on their passions. Yeah, yeah. But my my passion, my passion is is a different passion. My passion is to make just incredible profits, to, so, so that I can like succeed in my life. I need to climb up my Medici ladder. So you're you're pulling your hair out of your head. It's, I don't need it if I've got these spices. I I pop my head back out and I just like. Offer you, uh, the, the pepper that has a bite out of it. It's, it's a small bite, but there's clearly a bite missing out of it. And I don't say a thing. I just stare at you and I hold it out towards you. I don't partake in my product. I look at, I give you a weird look and I slowly start to put it away and I take a nibble before I. Crippling fiery pain. (laughs) I like to imagine that you like loudly yelp every time too. So, M- Marty, what what then is your your plan? What is your direction? What is your desired path in I life? To bring this back up to the mouth. What if there is more down here? I should have said that before I failed my role. Yeah, there we we go into your mind, and there's a scale. There's yep. uh, with two words scrawled on it: risk and reward. And these are balancing out against one another. Keeping in mind that both of the people who have tried to convince you that this is a good idea have failed. <laughs> right. <laughs> so How does that more? scale tip out? There is one more. He, tr- he tried it yeah. without rolling. Yeah, so let's I, try with roll. No. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you make your own decisions. Oh. And uh, I offered you a pepper. You didn't want it. So here we are. Yeah, you are Marty de Medici. This is not a democracy. This is an oligarchy. And you have all the garks. That's what your grandfather said to you. That's what your father said to you. And that's what you believe. Of course, garks, which you can learn about in the book, How to Train Your Dragon. (laughs) You're you're just going off the rails here. If you don't believe in dragons, I don't believe in you. They say inside a gigantic creature yeah. in the world. <laughs> That's only slug monsters. So really, like uh, the like, even with the, like the roll fails, uh, with with Sir Sir of a chair uh, saying, "What if there was more?" That would definitely tip it back to like 
even with failed roles, I feel like I'd be okay. Yeah, if yeah. you if you guys want to plunder deeper, far be it from me to stop you. All right, let's 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 see where this goes. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us, Marty. Please lead the way. What? I, 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 what? <laughs> Well, this was your idea, after all. Did you want to plunder deeper to find more spices? Absolutely, Marty. I, I, I admire your, your heroism. It is, it is truly touching and truly inspiring. At some point, I will put these words on your gravestone, I'm sure. Thank you, Marty. Lead us forward. Look at those pockets go. <laughs> Starts slowly ambling down into the crevasse. Yeah. So yeah, you you enter the crevasse and you do feel the breeze of air escape there. You know, it's a sort of dusty smelling air. It, it's not quite the acrid stinging scent of the rest of the Evergut. It's almost a pleasant reprieve actually. Um you can't see the floor from where you are. It's very dark. Well, I'm in there, right? Have you already uh, gone yeah, into? Uh, the, uh, we're, we're traveling, we're traveling as a party. Down, we're uh, just pushing Marty yeah. in front. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it, it's very dark, and you know, this is an opening that came up in the floor. So, mm. you don't quite know where you would want to step. How many torches do we have? Uh, so it's uh, really everyone has their own culture that they keep. You know. Mm-hmm. Feeding it various things um, and making sure that uh, it it glows brightly. That's the one thing that people have really managed to figure out uh, to improve life in the Evergut, apart from breeding hogs. (laughs) Can I attach a torch to the Japanese spoon and try to, like, explore? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Would I use that as cunning? We are 100% playing Minecraft at this point, yes. <laughs> you see a green monster amble towards you on four legs. It starts to hiss and smoke. Pixelated. Wait, no, I can't. I... It explodes. It's too late. You're already dead. Oh, good lord. Uh, Creepy. So Wait, was that in game? No, that's not real. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, I'm just like, I can't tell. I haven't played Minecraft. Oh. Um, should I, should I use skill to accomplish this? I don't think it's necessary to use this skill to Wonderful. accomplish this. You, you've got, you've got the torch, mm-hmm. um, on, on the Japanese spoon, as it were. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the light stretches out in front of you. Uh, you know, your, your eyes peer around in the darkness and you do see a path down that you think you could climb. Okay. That's it for One Shot This Week, heroes, but we'll be back next week with more Belly of the Beast. In the meantime, check out the Belly of the Beast Kickstarter starting April 5th. And while you're on Kickstarter, be sure to check out our sponsor, the Unbound Role-Playing Game. The Unbound Kickstarter is live now and very, very close to funding. Since you've got Kickstarters on the brain, why not spend a little bit of time thinking about Noisy Person Cards, the party game designed by myself and Cat Cool of the Campaign Podcast. Noisy Person Cards is designed to help you get more comfortable with using character voices at the gaming table. Whether you're already a pro who just wants to develop new voices, or someone who's testing the waters to use voices more, NPC is designed to help you have fun while you train your voice. As an improviser and actor, I can assure you one of the best ways to get better at things is through repetition. However, it can be difficult if you're DMing for a group and intimidated by the idea of doing voices. That's why NPC provides a pressure-free environment for you to develop your craft so that when it's game time, you'll be ready. 
NPC is coming to Kickstarter very, very soon, and Kat and I want it to fund as quickly as possible. That's why, if you're interested in the game, we ask you to please go over to paracosmpress.com slash NPC, that's P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M press.com slash NPC, to sign up for the mailing list for Noisy Person cards. And if you're curious to see how the game works, you can get the free print-and-play version of the game while you're there. Heroes, I am thrilled with the new shows that we've added to the One Shot Podcast Network. If you haven't taken the time to check them out for yourself, you might want to start with an episode of the Modifier Podcast, hosted by Megan Dornbrock. On the last episode of Modifier, Megan spoke with Bruce Cordell, lead designer at Monty Cook Games. It was a great peek into the mind behind cipher system games like The Strange. And on this Thursday, Megan brought our lawyer friend Pranks onto the show to discuss the new Wizards of the Coast OGL. If you're a designer, you won't want to miss it. One Shot is a proud partner in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you're an advertiser looking to reach an engaged Chicago audience, be sure to contact the co-op about advertising opportunities. And if you're a listener who wants to find a new show, check out Match 3. Exploring the cultural context of video games with Kotaku reporter Patrick Klepek, freelance writer Gita Jackson, and middle school teacher Sam Phillips. As always, a big thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend about the show. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. If you want to hear more from the show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod. Check out our Tumblr at OneShotPodcast.tumblr.com. Check out our Google Plus community. Or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you're looking to inquire about advertising rates, live appearances, and commissioning episodes, or you have a question or comment about something you heard on the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a joint production between Peaches and Hot Sauce and Paracosm Press. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great podcasts, videos, and live shows for you to check out at PeachesAndHotSauce.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Adventure.